Well, this morning, my brothers and sisters, I'll just focus on our, our gospel text. So Jesus gives us a great challenge here. He says, you know, when you hold a banquet, don't invite your friends and relatives. Invite people who are kind of, you know, maybe not like you. They're, they're crippled, they're lame, they're blind, so forth and so on. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, as a, as a good Catholic, I've always felt guilty when I read passages in the, in the gospel like that because I say to myself, well, when, when in the world am I doing that? You know, am I, am I inviting blind people to my dinner table? No. So when am I doing that? Well, the church provides us a lot of opportunities uh, to do things like that. Of course, the, the most extreme thing probably to do is to go on a, a, a mission trip. And you go to a developing country, you go to Haiti, and you work there for six months, so forth and so on. And uh, really, at that point, you know, you really are fulfilling that radical call and the demand of the gospel. But in any event, I, I, what are the opportunities that we have here to do things like this, this, this radical kind of uh, devotion to the marginalized. Well, we've got this beautiful uh, interfaith uh, project uh, called uh, Family Promise. And uh, when I first caught wind of this, I talked to the Presbyterian. This was when I was pastor of only one uh, parish. Uh, I was I was pastor in St. Joe the Worker, and it was the Presbyterian minister in uh, from Newark went and kind of like personally hunted me down because he was trying to recruit different ministers. So I had a long conversation with him, and I said, you know, it's really a good thing. We're going to at least partner with you monetarily, uh, but if not, we would, you know, go even more than that. And so as it turns out now, after about a year and a half, two years after that conversation, we have, I know here, we help out, I think it's, is it the Methodists that host, uh, Family Promise and we help them out? Okay. Of course, we've got our, we've got our clothes, uh, pantry, which I am gonna learn more about from, from Deacon, uh, and from the others who, who run that. Uh, but you know, so we participate in Family Promise here. At St. Joseph the Worker, we actually have, uh, the old rectory in Lyons, that, and we use that as uh, we are, we're the host church in that case. So when those four weeks, one of those four weeks come around, um, you know, we have the opportunity to do that. And then in Newark as well, we help out the Presbyterians when they host uh, the families. And uh, probably also some of our Newark people, we're going to recruit them for our, our work in this regards in Lions as well. So it's a it's a very small, meager beginning. It's very difficult. Uh, but it is kind of like happening. It's getting off the ground. And there's different ways to participate. You can, during a host week, you can um, provide food. Uh, and then you can also provide, there's always kind of supplies that are needed to be provided. And you can help clean and prepare the host space. Um, and the other thing you can do is volunteer, actually, to uh, come and have dinner and spend time with the people. And uh, there's an overnight gig, and then there's like a 5 o'clock to 8.30 gig. And that 5 o'clock to 8.30 gig is when you kind of get to know the people. You sit down, you have dinner with them, and you get to see their children and, and maybe help their children with homework or uh, play games with them or, or what have you. And uh, the overnight gig is very tough, I think, for a lot of people. So I personally do it all the time, and I joke. I say, I don't know what your people, why you don't want to do the overnight gig. you got a jacuzzi. you got an open bar there. So I try to allure the people, you know, with comforts. But it doesn't seem to be working too well. So it, that's the toughest sort of slot to fill. But the, the 5 to 8.30 slot is, is nice because it's an opportunity for you to get out of your comfort zone. And do just what Jesus is asking us to do. It's people not like you. 
It's people not like you. And they're coming from very different socioeconomic strata. They have hardly any religion or they've got a religion that's different than our religion. Okay, they're just different. And uh, love bridges that gap between differences. Okay, we shouldn't, uh, as as followers of Jesus Christ, we shouldn't have favor- play favorites. And you know, I like this type of person, but not that type of person. And you know, I have to be honest with you. There's certain things that I have natural, um, what is it like a, a kind of like a repulsion towards, like heavily tattooed individuals. I kind of find discomforting. You know, so but some of these people might be heavily tattooed. So it's an opportunity for Father Tedeschi to put down his, you know, his biases and approach people as as human beings, as individual persons. They've got their own history. The other thing, you know, we take it for granted oftentimes. I had a father and a mother. They stuck together. They're still together. I get along with all my siblings. I had, I mean, apart from all the Italian yelling and screaming and stuff like that when I was a kid, I had a relatively normal upbringing. I mean, it's a normally functioning family. And I think we underestimate the difficulty that the human person is presented with when they really have some essential element of their family that's been missing for them. Okay, like they never had a dad. Very common scenario. Okay, their dad was not in their life. That makes a huge difference. And you're basically put out into the world, you're launched off into the world uh, with a lot less psychological and moral and spiritual resources than other people have that just kind of take it for granted. You know, So there's a kind of a poverty that's also a kind of a spiritual poverty as well as a material poverty. And uh, encountering people that are very different you know, in the context of family promise is an opportunity to, you know, get over ourselves and really practice that radical, uh, gospel call to, to charity, um, towards the marginalized and, and those who are different from us. Um, so anyways, I, I kind of reflect and I think to myself as a pastor, when I saw this opportunity, I said, you know, we really got to do this because it's all talk, 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 talk. You know, when we're in Sunday Mass, we're saying, oh, we got to take care of the poor, we got to love everybody, and it's all talk, 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 talk. But when we have this real practical, concrete, charitable program that we're trying to implement, and boy, it's really hard. It's a lot of hard work to get that off the ground. It was uh, about a month, three weeks ago or so, we had an end-of-the-year recap of the Wayne County Family Promise. They met in the Presbyterian Church in Palmyra. And it was very gratifying because we had helped out 11 families over the course of the year, and uh, three of the families were present there. And they actually stood up, and they spoke, and they shared their experience, and they expressed their gratitude. And again, these are people very, very different from, from Catholics, very different from church people in general, just, you know, your, your average church-going uh, Methodist or Presbyterian. These are people coming from very, very different walks of life, but it was a beautiful meeting of humanity and of respect for persons that was taking place. And uh, I think above all, that's how the Catholic Church uh, evangelizes, is we we bring the love of God to people with no strings attached. You know, We're going to provide a service for you, and uh, we're going to help you, and it's not like we do that on condition that you convert. Okay, And actually, in the long run, maybe not in the immediate, uh, case, but in the long run, that actually will win more conversion of hearts uh, because people see that this is not some kind of a 
you know, you're respecting their freedom, you're respecting their conscience, and you're just simply being the love of Christ in the earth. And it's that, the power of Christ that attracts people. Okay, it attracts them. There's a natural attraction to that. So, uh, just say all that to say to, you say, you know, there is a, it might be tough to think to yourself, well, how am I ever going to invite these sort of outcasts and marginalized people to my dinner table? Well, here's a practical, concrete way that we can fulfill the spirit of what Jesus is teaching us here. So let's continue to pray for our involvement in Family Promise and and see how we can continue to advance that uh, and and not uh, not let it go by the wayside, but let it uh, flourish and, and succeed.